0: Hello and welcome to The Motherhood Guide, where it's all about making your experiences of pregnancy, birth and motherhood better. I'm your host Kelly, a mum of two, a hypnobirthing teacher and birth educator, and I'm here to help you thrive in motherhood rather than simply just survive. Let's get started. Hello, good morning. I'm saying good morning. It may not be morning for you. I forget that. But it is a good morning for me because I have had two drop-offs now. Doing the school run that have gone very well. No tears, no crying, no sadness, no drama. So it's a very good morning for me. I am very relieved to be in a better place. I wish that I had some wonderful tip or some magic solution that has made this all possible, but I have absolutely no bloody idea what has changed the past two days. Apparently when she went into school the other day, she told the teacher she had magic glitter underneath her eyes that helped her stop crying. I have no idea what she's talking about, but we're going with it. I am just so happy to hopefully be over that hurdle now. If you have listened to my previous episodes on the Schoolgate dramas, you'll you'll know. You'll know what I've been going through, guys. It has not been easy whatsoever. But anyway, kind of links with what we're talking about today, because... I want you to chat about something that every single mum experiences, not once, not twice, but numerous, probably millions of times during their motherhood journey. It is dealing with the big feelings that our kids inevitably have. The reality is that we are literally going to deal with a million and one occasions where we'll have to deal with tantrums, although I don't really like calling them tantrums to be honest because I feel like that's quite negative. But, you know, these big feelings, I like just saying big feelings instead, there is going to be a million and one times that you're going to have to deal with big feelings. It is just part of life, part of motherhood, because it is, it is something that our children are still learning and struggling to cope with. And what I think is really key is that what is going to carry you through these really hard moments is having the right perspective and tools to keep you calm. Now obviously this isn't me saying that there's a right way or a wrong way to deal with your children. I think that parenting is so deeply personal and this isn't me saying that this is absolutely the way that you should do things with your own children. This is just my perspective on things because I find for me that it's really helpful for me to hear different perspectives of what people do with their kids, how they deal with certain situations... And just to have different ideas that I can try. And sometimes I'll take those ideas on board and other times it doesn't feel right for me and my family. And so I won't take it on board. I won't implement whatever somebody else is saying. And that is how I want you to look at this episode as well. It's just a fresh perspective, potentially a different perspective. But this isn't me saying that this is absolutely right for every child, every family Only you can decide what's right for your children and your family. But yeah, this is my hot take on dealing with those big feelings that our children have. First things first, I think it's so, so important that we remember that our children are not ever deliberately trying to act up or be awful to us or annoy us. Okay? They are children. Why would they ever want to do something that they think is going to put their relationship with their caregiver in jeopardy? They don't want to do that, okay? And I don't know if this comes from like a traditional perspective of like back in the day, maybe when we were kids, but I feel like it was really pushed into us that if kids acted badly, then that was to be manipulative or to be attention-seeking. There was always a bad connotation that made it sound like children were actively trying to do something by acting badly. However, I absolutely do not believe that that's the case. I think kids feel feelings just the exact same way that adults do. But the problem is that they can only deal with them in the most developmentally appropriate way, which at their very young age is going to be these behaviours that we don't particularly like. So crying, screaming, shouting, hitting, throwing things. I want to reassure you that is all normal behaviour. I'm not saying that it's good behaviour and that we should encourage it, but that is normal, okay? That is developmentally normal and appropriate for the age group that we're talking about, you know, young children. And I hope that that's reassuring for you because I know that these behaviours, there is such a negative connotation around them, isn't there? And a lot of people are not understanding when it comes to that. And often as mums, we really take on that role of feeling shame and guilt for the fact that our children are acting out in that way especially if it's in public or around people that we don't know we can carry a lot of shame and guilt for that as if we're doing something wrong as if our parenting is something that's actually made those behaviours happen like I can totally relate to that I mean it's so interesting for me because my two children are night and day like they could not be more different and the way that they deal with their big feelings is completely different as well. And it really took me by surprise when I had my son that his reaction to having big feelings was hitting and it was throwing stuff. And my first child had never done that, so it totally took me by surprise. And I did for a while carry a lot of shame around that, thinking, Am I doing something wrong? Have have I encouraged this at some point? Have I taught him this at some point? Not that I'm hitting people or throwing things around, but you know how mum guilt works, don't you? I mean, it's not always logical. So I was thinking that that was really my fault, that I had done something that made this behaviour come out of him. But now I can kind of like rest assured that I'm like, no, that is just a natural reaction in children when they get angry. And it's just my job to try and curb that. You know, there's not necessarily something that I could have done to prevent that ever happening in the first place, because that's just how he reacts to stuff. But just because you know that these behaviours are common and a lot of families deal with it, I don't feel like that necessarily makes it any easier to deal with it in the moment. It can be really challenging, especially when it is stuff like hitting and throwing things. And we do, we need to remember that they are very much still acting on impulse. So they do not have that element of critical thinking that we have at this point in their development. So they can't stop themselves. You know, they can't logically think to themselves, okay, okay. I feel really angry should I be hitting somebody no like they cannot stop themselves from doing that they are acting straight on impulse so I think what's really key when your children are having big feelings is to remember that this is not the time for teaching reasoning punishing or negotiating and I know that that's really hard because we're trying to get them to stop that bad behavior as quickly as possible aren't we And that is where it gets a little bit tricky because especially if you're in a public space, like it feels so natural for us to just want to try and shut down that situation as quickly as possible, whatever that takes. You know, so bribery might come into it or threatening them, you know, threatening sounds really harsh, but do you know what I mean? Where you're saying like, well, you know, if you don't stop this behaviour, then I'm taking the iPad off you for the rest of the day. You won't be able to watch it. Or, you know, it might be like, that treat that I said I was going to get you after the park today, you're not getting it. It might be something like that. Something that we know is going to provoke a reaction, hopefully, that is going to try and shut down that behaviour as quickly as possible. But genuinely, hand on heart, my experience with my two children has been that absolutely... When they are really deep in their emotions, they are feeling really strongly about something, no teaching, no reasoning, no punishing, no negotiating, because they are up to here. You can't see where my hand is, but they are up to here, which is above my head, okay? And you literally cannot get through to them. You cannot get through to them at this point. So there's no point. And I think as well as you don't actually really want to be saying stuff that you don't really mean. And that's sometimes what happens and I think that if they start to recognise that in the moment you will say something out of feeling very heated but you then don't follow through with it because it's not actually practical or it doesn't make sense when you've actually calmed down then they'll start to pick up on that and it also takes away the effectiveness of that anyway so it becomes really pointless. So despite you probably feeling really, really big feelings when they're kicking off and having big feelings, I think that the best possible situation is to try and share your cam to help them find their cam. Rather than going straight in with the threatening, the negotiating, the punishing, teaching, reasoning, just give them a chance to get back to their neutral state, help them find their cam first, and then you can talk about what's just happened. And I think that this can look completely different ...for different children... ...because I know that my two are complete... ...polar opposites... ...so for instance my little girl... ...when she gets really upset... ...and has a really big feeling... ...she just wants cuddled... ...you know she... ...kind of leans more towards the sad side... ...rather than the angry side... ...and she'll just get really upset and emotional... ...and she just wants cuddled... ...to be calmed down... ...and it's quite easy in a way to calm her down... ...because literally you you can cuddle her for a couple of minutes... ...stroke her head... And she does, she calms down pretty quickly. However, my son, he is the polar opposite. And I have found that a really, really huge learning curve because it is not that easy, to say the least. So he does not want cuddled whatsoever when he is deep in his feelings. Unless he was like kind of hurt or something. But if he is feeling angry, oh my goodness, even just you suggesting, do you want a cuddle? He will go crazy (laughs) at the the prospect of that. He does not want you in his space. And that's whether the big feeling is about you or not. He just needs to deal with that on his own. And that feels really uncomfortable for me because I am, I guess in a way, the mum that's the fixer. And I feel uncomfortable with the fact that I can't cuddle him when he's having these big feelings. But obviously, I need to respect that boundary and kind of go with what feels best for him. So In that situation, I'll just remind him that I'm there if he does need a cuddle. Usually he'll come round to me eventually. It does definitely take a while though. And I'll just remind him that I'm here if he needs me. But he really just needs to ride out those feelings on his own. And there's not much support that he wants with that. So I would just try and remind him about taking deep breaths. Giving himself a hug. You know, trying to get some of that regulation through squeezing his body. So we've taught him to do that. The blowing out the candles has actually been quite a game changer for him who usually wouldn't really interact much when he's having these big feelings. So blowing the candles out, literally just holding your hand up with your five fingers spread out and I ask him to blow out the candles for me. Because sometimes I found when I was actually telling him, take deep breaths to help your body calm down, he would get even angrier. Like, as if like, I know what I'm doing. So... That was always a bit tricky, but when you turn it into more of like a fun game, he seems to be on board with that a lot more. So, yeah, I just hold up my hand, five fingers spread out, and I'll just ask him to blow out the candles, and that encourages him to take those deep breaths without realising that that's actually what he's doing. So that is a good game-changer. I've really, really liked implementing that with him. And, yeah, then I think once that they are calm, you can talk to them about the situation. I think it's really helpful to try and identify with them the feeling that they were feeling so that they can acknowledge the feelings, what they feel like and start to understand how they can bring themselves back down again and regulate those emotions. So whether that's sad, whether that's angry, whether that's frustrated, whether that's embarrassed, really acknowledge that feeling that they've had and why they might feel that way. And then from there, you can start to talk about, is there perhaps a better way that you could have handled that situation? Actually, kind of trying to work with them to give them the critical thinking skills to think about how they can better deal with that. And don't get me wrong, this is going to be a slow burner. And I think this is where a lot of people give up with gentle parenting because they expect to see immediate results. So it might be quite a while of implementing this before you really see it starting to work and be effective. But I absolutely promise you, it will be effective. I have, like I said, two very different children and the amount of times that people have... Insinuated to me that they don't think that gentle parenting would work with my youngest son because he is very, very boisterous. It's not unusual for me to hear people insinuate that gentle parenting wouldn't be for him. But it's so interesting now because you see them interact so much more respectfully with each other and so much more gently and kinder just because we're teaching that respect even when there are big feelings to get over. And don't get me wrong, this is not me saying that it's everything's perfect in this house and, and everyone's emotionally regulated all the time and nobody makes mistakes in this house. Absolutely not. We all have our moments, even me as a parent. I absolutely hold my hand up to say there's times where I'm not emotionally regulated and I don't deal with things in the way that is best, but I will get onto that as well. And some people say, well, if you don't punish them in the moment, then how will they know that that thing is wrong? But there is definitely still great effect from speaking to them when they're in a much more rational frame of mind. I truly, truly believe that punishing them in the moment of a big emotional wave is not effective. And it does, it takes time, but they will start to understand right and wrong. And do you know what else I think is really effective, right, for getting your head around this? So always put yourself in the frame of mind of what if your child was an adult? right? And I know that's going to sound nonsensical because I've just spoke about how developmentally normal it is for children to have these emotions and to have these behaviours off the back of the emotions, right? Bear with me. But think about it. If you were totally stressed out about something, you've had an awful day, you're feeling totally raging, angry, sad about something that's happened that day. If you go home to your partner and you're like, oh, I'm feeling so raging, this happened today and do you know what? I'm really sad about it and really angry about it. But then your partner met that energy and then also started to get angry and also started to get worked up. Would that be helpful? Or would you much rather that you came home, eat how you were feeling and your partner was reassuring and nice and calm and was like, I totally understand where you're coming from. I really understand why you're feeling angry about that. Let's try and figure this out together. Let's see how we can find the light at the end of the tunnel. Let's see how we can cope with this better for if it's ever to happen again so that you don't have to get this angry again. What situation would help you? Do you want your partner to meet your energy or do you want your partner to come in with that fresh, calm perspective that's going to help you feel like you've got support to calm down and get out of that negative situation? I know what you're going to pick. You're going to pick the latter, aren't you? So it's the exact same for our kids. If we meet their energy, that is not helpful for them. Us getting worked up and stressed out and angry and shouting, that will only make them feel more overwhelmed, more sad and more angry because they don't feel heard at that point. Plus, I think that we also need to keep in mind that we're the ones who need to lead by example. We need to show them how to react to hard situations as well. Another really good tip is I think... Remember that when your children are having these big emotions, you do not need to jump in right away. To make sure that you react in a way that you are leading by example and fits in with who you want to be as a parent, you don't need to jump in right away. You don't need to deal with it right away. Obviously, unless the situation was unsafe, like, you know, if somebody was genuinely going to get hurt or the situation was dangerous, then yes, you do need to jump in right away. But what I mean by that is you don't need to jump in your first reaction. Okay, you don't need to say something straight away. Say your two kids are fighting and they're on top of each other and they're hurting each other, right? You can jump in and you can separate them, but you do not need to say anything straight away. Give yourself a little minute to take a deep breath and actually think about how you want to deal with it, right? And it's funny because shouting is often our go-to to try and capture attention immediately because I bet your first reaction would be to go in and straight away start screaming, right, two of these, opposite sides of the room, you go to your bedroom, you go to your bedroom, or something along those lines, you know, you want to jump in straight away. But you don't need to do that, right? If you're going to go in and separate them anyway, you don't need to shout at that point, right? Right? you can still go into that situation be nice and calm and then give yourself a minute to actually think about the words you want to say to make sure that those words are actually going to be helpful in the situation. Because going in and being like, right, I'm sick of you as two fighting, is that actually helping? No, that's not going to help, okay? So you don't need to say that. Often our knee-jerk reaction is just to shout and this can be for so many reasons. And I think I've spoken about this before, but especially if this is what you've seen your parents do when you were young, then this will be a knee-jerk reaction of how to deal with these situations. Because again, like I said, you're learning by example. That is what you have learned to do by example. But shouting is a choice, okay? You as an adult have that choice and you get to interrupt that thought, even if it is a knee-jerk reaction You still have the critical thinking skills to just stop that in its tracks and say, no, I'm not going to shout. You get to choose another action, so give yourself the space to do so, okay? So you don't need to say anything at all immediately. As long as everybody is safe, give yourself a wee minute, take a deep breath, and you want to actually think about it so that you're acting from logic, not from emotion. And another thing that can sometimes be helpful is to actually check in with yourself and ask yourself, whether this is in the moment or if you deal with it first and then reflect afterwards, ask why this is so triggering for you. Why is that certain action that your children do so triggering for you? I can't think of my own personal experience in this actually off the top of my head. But I do remember seeing an Instagram post at one point where a psychologist was talking about this and she was talking about how, you know, a really common trigger for parents is when our children don't listen to us. And that can make us go from zero to hundred really, really quickly. And often that can come from like an inner child wound. Is that even what you call it? can't remember, but hopefully you know what I mean. That can be from something from your childhood where maybe as a child, you didn't feel listened to. And that's why that triggers you so much because again, you're not feeling listened to. You're not feeling heard. So I do think sometimes it can be helpful for us to reflect back on the situation and try and work out like, why is that so triggering? And does my reaction to that trigger actually make sense? Or am I having an exaggerated reaction to it just because it upsets me for a different reason? You know, maybe it's not actually about your children. Maybe it's actually something that you perhaps need to deal with separately as well. And another thing, I think that it's important to remember that it's okay for them to feel feelings, right? The aim of this is not to never feel angry, to never feel sad, to never feel frustrated, That is not the aim because that's life, right? And life has a spectrum of emotions and that's normal. Absolutely nobody in this world can ever be happy 100% of the time, right? And I feel like there's just so many negative connotations about sadness and anger, especially anger probably. But you know what? Like, it's it's just life. Like, it's not that that big a deal. It's fine. Emotions are fluid. Like, they they go away. They come and they go. and, And that's totally fine. I think often we spend a lot of time fearing almost, feeling these negative emotions like sadness and anger, you know, as if they're a bad thing. But actually, it's just as normal as what it is to feel happy. It's totally normal. So we're not trying to take away those feelings. All feelings are okay. We don't need to run away from them. I think it is important that we drill that into our kids that, you know, feelings are valid. And, you know, the reasons for their feelings might not make sense to us as 30-something year old parents, but it's valid to them. Children don't have to worry about losing their job or do they have enough money to pay the bills this month? They might be sad about the fact that there's no ham left in the fridge and they really, really want to slice a ham. And I think we need to go in from that perspective as well of, you know, treating that the same way that they feel about that. So don't invalidate their feelings or their reasonings either. They don't have these big pressing issues that we've got to deal with, but the small things to us are the big things to them. So... I think be respectful in terms of that as well, because you don't want to run into the problem either of invalidating their reasons for feeling sad. You know, you don't get to say, that's a silly thing to cry over, or you don't need to be angry about that, because it's not really our place to say, really, do you know what I mean? When they're children, they just feel what they feel, and it's not our place to invalidate them. And so, tying in with the fact that I don't think that we should be running away from them feeling their feelings... I have to be honest I try and avoid that art of distraction when I can because I know that some people do use this as a tactic especially when out in public to just try and curb that big feeling that emotion and that reaction but something that I've learned personally as an adult is that this is something that I have done my whole life probably and I've got a feeling a lot of you are going to be in the same boat and you've maybe never realized this before though but how often do you feel a negative feeling and then just sit with that discomfort? I bet a lot of the time you use the art of distraction also. You'll try and distract yourself. You'll sit on your phone and you'll be scrolling and you'll try to take your mind off of how crap you're feeling by weighing in on someone else's life and looking at what they're getting up to and, and comparing your life to them probably. Or you'll maybe throw yourself in and meeting up with people so that they can take your mind off of what you're feeling. And don't get me wrong, right? Because I'm kind of talking about two different things here where obviously if going out with your friends is a way that's going to help you move through those feelings, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, right? But maybe it's helpful to go out and speak to your friends and say, listen, I am feeling really low today. So I could really do with getting cheered up. This is why I'm feeling this way. Can we talk about it? Or maybe you don't want to talk about it and that's fine. But what I mean is not just pretending that everything's okay and refusing to deal with the situation. Do you know what I mean? I do think that distracting kids when they are feeling these big feelings can sometimes just teach them that their feelings are bad or scary and that they do need to hide those feelings. So for me, I will just try and always remind my children that it's okay to feel these things. It doesn't last forever. Some things that can be helpful to say to children when they're feeling a big feeling could be like, just let it all out if they're crying. It's okay to cry. It's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel angry. If you're feeling angry, this might be ways that you can deal with that and let that anger out. You know, maybe it is helpful for them to stomp their feet. Maybe it is helpful for them to squeeze something really tightly to get that, that feeling out of their bodies. Maybe it's okay for them to jump up and down and move around to try and work those feelings out as well. And I think that the aim is that over time, they're going to build the tools necessary to deal with it. And like I said, remember, nobody is perfect. I'm not perfect. And please, I do not want you to get that from this episode. I don't deal with situations in the right way 100% of the time. But what I think is really good now that we are doing as parents moving forward is apologising and repairing a mistake, right? So if you don't feel good about what you've said or the way that you've handled something, maybe you've said something you regret, maybe you've threw out a punishment that you actually don't agree with now that you're nice and calm, say sorry And make it up to them. And I don't know if that sounds mad to say, but so many of us were brought up not being apologised to when we were disrespected by adults, right? I mean, don't get me wrong, I had literally such a good relationship with my parents, but I'm just speaking generally here, that a lot of parents now have been brought up where they have never been apologised to by their own parents. I feel like maybe in the older generation, was that maybe out of a fear where they felt like they would lose respect if they said sorry? If they admitted to making a mistake. I don't know what that was all about but personally I have found it so freeing to be able to say sorry to my children and not feel bad about making mistakes and not pushing that guilt on it myself. Knowing that I can do that for my child is so healing. So if it doesn't go how you want to, if you don't deal with something in the way that you feel proud of, remember that we all have our moments. Absolutely no date is perfect. You're not going to get it right every time. So many things affect our ability to cope in a hard situation. So give yourself some grace and don't beat yourself up. Maybe you're having a hard ass time okay and everybody's just doing their best. So what I would suggest is wait until things are calm. So your child's calm, you are calm. Give yourself time to reflect so you actually know how you want to deal with this and how to get your words across in the right way. So recognize your error and say I'm sorry I made a mistake or it might be I didn't handle that in the way that I feel was right or I said something that I didn't mean and I'm really sorry about that. I actually think that this is better. And I really, really, really love the phrase, you don't deserve to be shouted at. I love saying that to my children. I mean, I don't love that I have to say that to my children because in an ideal world, I would never shout at my children. But sometimes emotions get high, even in your body. And sometimes shouting, like I said, it's that knee-jerk reaction Sometimes it comes out, sometimes it happens, okay? So if there are ever times where I have raised my voice and my children, I always go back and say, You do not deserve to be shouted at. I'm sorry that I did that because you don't deserve that. And I think that that is really so powerful and it will, I promise you, ingrain in their memory and they will carry that through to their adulthood and they will know that that is not an appropriate way to speak to anybody. They'll grow up feeling so much more respected have very, very important boundaries and especially moving forward for future relationships, which is so important to me that the two of them both know how to respect other people that they're in relationships with and also know how to be respected in a relationship. So I think that saying something as simple as that can be so incredibly powerful. And like I said, as much as I always aim to not shout, if there are any times that that slips out, I will remind them, you don't deserve to be shouted at. And what is so freaking cool is that, especially my oldest... I mean, it's not happened for a while because I actually haven't shouted in a while. But my oldest now, if I do start to raise my voice, believe me, she will let me know. And I don't mind that at all. That does not feel like a power struggle to me. That does not feel like disrespect. I personally am more than happy for my children to call me out when I am not behaving in a way that they feel is helpful and I will use my critical thinking to think about if they're right or wrong. But yeah, she would literally say to me, if I started to raise my voice at her, she would say, I don't deserve to be shouted at. And I love that she does that because it totally hits home and it brings me back down again. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. I am making a mistake right now. And I'm sorry about that. You're right. You don't deserve to be shouted at. And I think that that's like one of the absolute best parts of gentle parenting. Because you do start to see that respect seeping out to all the people that they interact with. Like I said, you know, I have witnessed so many beautiful, sweet moments where my kids have like almost like gentle parented each other and they just speak to each other with such kindness and respect. I mean, don't get me wrong, other times they try and kill each other, but again, developmentally appropriate, (laughs) I suppose. But it's so nice to see that play out in their relationship and honestly like for me it is just a way to make parent and so much more positive to bring that respect and kindness and compassion into the home and really try and make that like almost like your ethos of the family. I think that it is so powerful and it really does help make for a much positive motherhood experience because for me, as much as I've held my hands up and said, you know, sometimes shouting has happened, that is not something that feels good to me. If I was to go into this, like, kind of militant discipline and doing punishments and shouting and trying to get their respect that way, like, none of that would feel good for me. And like I said, I totally appreciate that everybody parents in a different way. But yeah, for me, that just would not work. That would not feel like a positive thing for me whatsoever. I do feel like as time goes on, Gentle parenting is becoming more ingrained in society, and like I know a lot more people do gentle parenting now, which is really really nice to see. Because I so so genuinely hope that for the future we are bringing up emotionally healthy children that know how to regulate their own emotions and know how to speak to people with respect. So I hope that you have enjoyed this little hot take on dealing with big feelings and talking a little bit about child behaviour and how we cope with that. Like I said, such a personal thing parenting and I was a little bit apprehensive about talking about this in a way because, you know, I feel like sometimes people feel a certain type of way about discipline and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, this is just what feels right for me. There may be parts of this that you take and you're like, yeah, absolutely. I want to try that and see if that works or there might be other stuff that just doesn't feel right for you. And that's totally fine. But either way, I hope it's been nice for you to hear a fresh perspective today and that it can hopefully help you build a more positive relationship with your children as well. So I really hope that you've enjoyed today's episode and that you've been able to take something away from it, whether that's feeling less alone or more in the know. If you have enjoyed today's episode, the usual stuff applies. A review or a share with a friend is a really great way for me to build my community so that I can help more women. All the good stuff is in the show notes, guys, including details on how to work with me, or you can check out my website at www.breedingtobirth.com.